to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the opportunity to be in your presence. Amen. We pray, Lord, that you guide us through this service. Let your spirit be with us. Amen. Give us, O oh Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Amen. advocate, the Amen. great teacher. Jesus. That he will bring all things to our remembrance. Jesus. We pray, Lord, that this service will be blessed. Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I am privileged to stand before you once again to share the word of God with you. And today we continue with our status 527. And we are sharing once again from a book written by our father, the prophet, the presiding bishop, Bishop Dagiward Mills. We are sharing from the anointing and the presence. The anointing and the presence. Now, you know, if you are not mature, you know, you will say, why, you know, we come to church and we are just reading a book, well, you know, and that is, a, that is a, a person who is not mature at all. And if you have been with us for these few um, months, as we started our status 527, I think we started before the lockdown, you know, the corona pandemic. And if you have, you know, you have, you have, you have really observed and you are mature, you realize that, you know, we have been blessed. We have really been blessed that we have a father who is able to write these books. Now, I want you to understand that um, these books do not replace the Bible, okay? So if you come and then we are sharing from these books, we are not replacing the Word of God. You know, we are elaborating on the Word of God, okay? And what you will notice is that every point we make, everything we make, it is based on the Scriptures, okay? And... You know, you, you, you read the Bible. I believe all of you read the Bible, but you are not able to take the scriptures from various parts of the Bible and put them together to, to make a topic. Now, what is happening is there are scriptures that are put together, okay? So today, for instance, the topic that we are going to speak on is who has the presence of God? Who has the presence of God? Wow. And what you are going to notice is that there are scriptures that are put together to really show us who has the presence of God. Okay? And we don't take out the scriptures at all. These books do not replace the scriptures. Okay? So we are reading the Bible and the book is helping us to understand the scriptures. Okay? Because if you read the Bible you will not be able to be directed to various scriptures to be put together to show us who has the presence of God. Can you do that? No. Oh, no. If you can do that, then write a book. Okay, then you are really blessed. I cannot do that as of now. But my father can do that. And so I am using what my father has done. And I'm sharing it. And I'm being blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm being blessed. I'm also blessed. So today, who has the presence of God? And uh, we are reading from Acts chapter 4. And let's read from verse 1. Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. Who has the presence of God? Who has the presence of God? Acts chapter 4 and verse number 1. You see, now, if you were to, you know, that chapter 3... Chapter 3 of Acts, the book of Acts, you know, talks about when Peter and John were entering the temple and they saw the layman. You remember that story? Yes, right. They saw the layman and who was sitting by the temple gate and begging. We call it the beautiful gate. He was sitting there and begging and begging for money. 
that people who are entering the temple will give him something. You know, people who are entering the temple are supposed to be good people, supposed to be givers, you know. And so it's a good place for a beggar to sit. And that is where they were sitting. And Peter and John were entering the temple. And as they were entering, they saw this beggar. And they look upon him. And he fixed his eyes upon them. You see, and he was hoping that they were going to give him something. Then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Amen. And behold, this guy who has been lame, he was over 40 years. Mm. He has been born lame. He stood up wow. and he was walking. Wow. And he was amazed. He himself was amazed. And so what he did was, the Bible says, he held onto them. He held onto them. He held on to Peter and John. Do you see? And, you know, people around, people who were entering the temple, people who were inside, heard the commotion, people were screaming and yelling, what? Look at this. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So they came out. You know how sometimes somebody does something to you and then you just hold on to the person. It's like, you, will not, you don't even know what to do with the person. Hugging them holding on to them. So when the people came and they saw this, they were amazed. And they look upon Peter and John as if they were some gods mm. because they have not seen anything like this. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's and then when they were looking at them, this is where we go to verse, um, chapter 4 and verse 1. When they were looking at them like that, if you can jump to chapter 4, it says, and as they speak unto the people, you see, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Mm. Because they were explaining to the people, they say, why, do you, why are you guys looking at us like that? Why are you staring at us as if we have done this by our own power or by our own righteousness? You know, so it's a sign that, you know, even the way you are, you are some witness, God can still use you. Amen. And God can wrought powerful miracles through you and not through your righteousness. So it's nothing that we have done. It's not by our righteousness, but by this Jesus Christ whom you crucified, the one whom you, you, you gave up and you, you chose this murderer and said, crucify this one and release Barabbas. Yes. That Jesus Christ is the one who has done this. Mm. And so they preached powerfully and they, they said, repent from your sins and you'll be saved. Amen. And the Bible says, as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Mm. They came upon them. Verse 2. Let's read. It says, being grieved, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they were angry that they were preaching about Jesus. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even tide. So it was late evening, so they arrested them and put them on hold. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow, that their rulers and the elders and the scripts and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, Are you listening? Yes. They asked, He said, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God from even him here before you go. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, This is the stone which was set at naught for you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Verse 13, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, this is our verse. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. Mm. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They took knowledge of them wow. that they had been with Jesus. Isn't this a powerful scripture? Too powerful. I mean, the word of God is so sweet. The mm. word of God is so powerful. You know, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, they were not schooled. Mm. They have not been to school. They have not been taught. They were not scribes. They were not Pharisees. Mm. They were unlearned and ignorant men. You know, I mean, sometimes unbelievers can describe you in a way that is just amazing. You know, sometimes even when you show your faith, when you talk about your faith, your colleagues, you know, they think you are ignorant. That's true. So you are not the first person who is looked upon as ignorant. The, all, the whole Peter was looked upon. John, who wrote the scriptures, was also looked upon as ignorant man. Yes. Yes, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Continue. Continue. Verse 14. It says, And beholding the man which was healed, they nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. You see, people see the power of God working. They see the name of Jesus working powerfully and miraculously, and they don't want anyone else to hear it. Mm. So what I'm trying to say here is that when you are trying to witness, when you are, you know, demonstrating your faith, when you are spreading the gospel and there's so much resistance, I want you to know that it is not a normal, it is not an unusual thing. Okay. It is not an unusual thing. Don't be discouraged. There is great force. There is great force that is fighting the spread of the name of Jesus. True. Truth. He says, but that it spread no further among the people. Because they say that it's a fact. We can see that a notable miracle has been done. We can see that this was not done by a man. Mm. But that this does not continue on. Let us straightly threaten them. Mercy. And so sometimes you are threatened truth that they speak henceforth to no man in this name mm. sometimes you go to a mall you want to share the gospel and they threaten you that if you don't leave they will arrest you yes. you know sometimes you have an opportunity you are sharing the word with a co-worker at, at the workplace or something somebody hears you they say they'll report you to human resources hey. you are soliciting you see but the people solicit all kinds of things i mean people bring jewelry to sell they bring all kinds of things to sell insurance and all kinds of things. They do susu and all these things, you know, and it's not soliciting. And people run away with their money all the time. You see, and nobody has reported this to human resources. Mercy. But when you share Christ, you see, so I want you to understand that there's great force that fights this. True. So verse 18, verse 18, 
And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you be the judge. Mm. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Hallelujah. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. You see, and that's very and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. We are sharing from chapter 8 of the book, the anointing and the present. So the first point, the first point that I want to bring to you is that those who preach about Jesus and salvation have the presence of God with them. Hallelujah. Wow. Those who preach about the gospel, those who preach about Jesus, mm. those who preach about salvation, mm. they have the presence of God Amen. with them. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts 4 verse 11, it says, Neither is there salvation. This is what they were saying. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, they took knowledge. They, took, they were marveled. The Bible said they were unlearned and ignorant. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Hallelujah. So the evidence was clear and absolute. Wow. They were, there, there was nothing to argue about. There was no argument. Wow. You see, they were left with nothing to challenge because they could see a 40-year-old man who had never walked, now walking because they called upon the name of Jesus. And when God does something, it is perfect and it is final. There is nothing to argue about. When God blesses you, no man can push you down. When God sets you up, you'll be surrounded by enemies, but they cannot bring you down. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you, you have received certain promotions at work and so many people fight you. They organize this against you. They do all kinds of things. You will always prevail. And God sets you up. No one can bring you down. Hallelujah. So here, the ministers who have the presence of God usually preach about salvation. You are preaching. When a minister has the presence of God upon him, you hear him usually preaching about salvation. Such ministers talk about salvation. They talk about Jesus Christ. They talk about, you know, the bulk of their message. The bulk of their message is always about salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what formed the bulk of their message. Ministers who have the presence of God preach about Jesus Christ, and they don't preach about economics. They don't preach about money. It's not the bulk of their message. The bulk of their message is not about empowerment. Hallelujah. It's not about marketplace. And if you watch Christian, you watch Christian television and you, you listen to certain preachers or you interact with certain men of God, you will, it will quickly lead you to conclusion that not all men of God have the presence of God with them. True. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not all men of God. So how can that be? How is that possible? Indeed, all men of God quote scriptures. Isn't that so? You don't go to any church where, you know, they don't quote any scripture. So, so for whatever they are preaching about, they quote scriptures. All men of God quote scriptures. All men of God seem to declare wonderful things about the great God that we serve. Mm. Hallelujah. Yet many do not have the presence of God with them. Many men of God do not have the presence of God with them. 
And with experience, you will finally be able to detect by simple conversation. When you have a simple conversation with a certain man of God, for just a brief time, you will notice if this person has the presence of God or not. Mm. Wow. Wow. And one of the key things that you will know that a man of God has the presence of God upon his life is that he talks about salvation. That man of God will talk about salvation, talk about Jesus Christ, talk about repentance, will talk about hell, and will talk about heaven. That man of God will give an altar call at the end of the sermon. You know, that is when you know that the presence of God is in the place. We are teaching. Because when Jesus is in the place, that is what he will do. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Oh, yes, Reverend. When Jesus is in a place, that is what he will do. Truth. He said, for this reason was the man was the son of God manifest. This is the reason. So when he is in a place, that is what he will do. Therefore, when he has sent a messenger, the messenger will deliver the message that he will deliver. You are preaching. Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. The Bible says he sent his disciples two by two to the place whether he himself would go. Mm. Do you understand? So if he sent his messenger to a place where he himself would go, what do you think he would expect the messengers to do? The messengers would do the thing that he himself would do. And when Jesus is here today, if Jesus is standing before you today, what he's going to preach about is going to talk about salvation. He's going to talk about the cross. He's going to talk about repentance. He's going to talk to you about heaven and about hell. That is when you know that the presence of God is in a place. It's not about lift your hand, receive, 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 receive. It's not, that is not what he's going to talk about. I take it too. But he says that when you preach about what is in his heart, wow. the receiving, you will receive. You are he says, your father in heaven knoweth that you have need of such things. He knows. He knows that you have need. He knows that there are certain things that you need. He knows that there are certain things that come your way. And he knows that these things that people are looking for, you're also looking for them. Mm. But you have set them aside and you are preaching about what is in his heart what he wants you to talk about. And for that reason, if you do that, he says, for you, just focus on the message. Focus on the kingdom. And all these things, I will add them to you. Wow. Clap your hands for Jesus. So who are those who have the presence of God? Those who have the presence of God are easy to pick out. Even the wicked Pharisees, the wicked Pharisees and the scribes, they were able to detect the presence of God in the disciples of Christ. He says, they notice the mention of Jesus Christ in their message. They mention Jesus Christ. They mention salvation. They mention how he was crucified and how that God raised him up from the dead. They heard it. They mentioned it. So they detected, but they could say that the only thing they could conclude was that they have been with Jesus. Jesus is with them. Yes. Amen. That is the only conclusion. We are preaching good. Hallelujah. Amen. So today... People preach about success, they preach about self-achievement, they preach about prosperity and economics, and these simple disciples, they were speaking about Jesus Christ and pure salvation. Pure salvation. And the Pharisees noticed the unmistakable fact, the unmistakable miracle that had been performed by these people. And they could detect the presence of God in these men of God. Where are your miracles? What are your preaching topics? What do you preach about? Where are your miracles? Your preaching topics and the power of God will tell everyone about whether the presence of God is in the place or it's not. Hallelujah. Because one assurance that we have, that we, and we can only go by the scriptures. We can only go by the scriptures. And it says, in Matthew 28 and verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them. Teaching them whatsoever I have taught you. Teaching them whatsoever I have taught you. So if you are going to teach about what Jesus has taught you, that means he has sent you. True. 
are, are you don't understand my message this we, afternoon? We are teaching. Oh, but it's true. If you are going to talk about what Jesus has taught you, then it means he has sent you. And if he has sent you, then look at the next scripture about the promise. He says, the next scripture, verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, and lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Jesus will be with you, beloved. Just develop the act of sharing the gospel with someone. It is a great assurance that Jesus is with you. Amen. If you are going for an interview, you have an opportunity to share Christ with someone. Amen. You can guarantee that Jesus will join you with, at the interview. Amen. Amen. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? The week before your interview, decide that you share Christ with people. Amen. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, Lord. even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, number two, those who stay in fellowship for long times have the presence of God. Wow. Those who stay in fellowship for a long time have the presence of God. Wow. Acts chapter 1 and verse 21. Acts chapter 1 and verse 21. Acts chapter 1 and verse 21. This wherefore. You see, now this is a, this is the period where you know Judas Iscariot was not with the disciples anymore, and they were short of one apostle. And so they were looking to replace Judas. Mm. I mean, there were 12 of them. There was one that was gone. So they were looking to replace Judas. And so they were looking for a criteria to see who the presence of God will be on. Mm. Who can do this work with us? The only person who can do this work is the one who has had the master. The one who has been with the master. The one who has joined the class and has been taught. The only shepherd who we can appoint as a pastor is the one who has the classes, studied the books, passed the test, you know, and is in the fellowship. The one who stays with us. I mean, sometimes people come from other churches and they claim they have this gift, they have that, they have, and they want to do things. They want to now start prophesying to people. They want to now start their church with our people and so on and so forth. But and they, want, or they want us to appoint them as pastors because they have been Christians. They were this in their church. They were that in their church. But we can only appoint those who have heard our doctrine, those who have our vision, those who understand that the vision of the church is about salvation. Are you understanding? It's not about prophesying to people. That is not our vision. So if you come and you, you, you are telling us you have a gift of prophecy and you can prophesy to people and you expect that we should make you a pastor or you know how to pray, do we, do, do we appoint pastors because they know how to pray? Uh, Is that the reason we appoint pastors in our church? No. At all. No. At all. It's not a criteria for us to appoint pastors. You don't go for uh, an interview for pastoral appointment and they ask you to pray. They don't ask you that or speak in tongues, not just hear. But certain people feel that they, because they have certain gifts, you know, they, can, they are pastors. And so when they come to you, you should appoint them as pastors. Mercy. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Preaching. Oh, you don't understand my word this afternoon. Johnson, you understand what I'm sharing? You know, certain people feel that when they come, they should appoint them as pastors Probably. because they have certain gifts. Now look at these people. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, Wherefore, of these men which have companied with us mm. all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his salvation, Amen. of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's right. So what he's saying, what they are saying here is that beginning from the baptism of John unto the same that, that Jesus was taken away, 
if you have been with this ministry for these three years, when Jesus was baptized, and then he began his ministry, if you have been with us all these three years, then you are the person who qualifies. So the disciples needed to choose someone who had fellowship with Jesus for a long time. Do you see? And those who stay in the church for long hours have the presence of God. Amen. It's a sign that they have a thing for God. Oh. We are preaching. Those who stay in the church for long hours, mm. you are driving them out. They don't even want to go. Oh. Sometimes they are inside the church. You move them out, 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 and then they go and gather in one other place. And they, they are standing there. They don't want to go. Right. Then you drive them out, out, out. And then they go further. And then they stay another place. Are you not going? And then they go further. They don't want to go. Because they have a thing for God. They have a thing for God. And that is also a requirement in ministry. That you have the ability to wait on the Lord. We are teaching. We are teaching. We are teaching. A servant must not be There are people... There are people who don't, who don't like to stay in the church any further than the church is finished. Once the, 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 the grace is shared, they are in their car. And even if their wives are staying still, they, maybe they are chatting, they are having some transaction, buying some, you know, something or something. They are angry. Church is over. Why are you still there? And then they send someone to come and call you. They text you. They, 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 they are calling, harassing you. You have to come. Mercy. You know this. Am I preaching to someone? Yes. Whatever you are preaching, but you Zoom, they sign out for them. Forgive. Hey, some men are angry when the church, <laughs> the, the wife is staying longer in church. But you see, it's a sign that you are blessed, that your wife has a thing for God. Oh. And perhaps your house is blessed because of that thing. Bring yes. on a woman who loves God. Hey. Those who company with God are those who we really need to hear from. If we want a preacher, we want someone who companies with God often, someone who communicates with God, someone who waits on God. That is a person we want to hear from. Those who have a real experience with God and have really experienced God, they are the ones who carry the true words of God. Amen. They are the ones who have the message from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we don't need human ideas. At all. We don't need we don't need human wisdom. We need the reality of God. That is why a person who had company with Jesus for three years was the candidate, was the chosen person to replace the missing person. Amen. Hallelujah. When they needed to replace the apostle, they needed someone who had accompanied with them all these three years, who had heard, because the thing that they have handled, the thing that they have felt, the thing that they have touched, the things that they have experienced, they were the things that they were sharing. Mm. And so if you have not been with us and you have not experienced certain things, what are you going to share? You are going to share human wisdom and ideas and prophesying falsely. And Proverbs. Mercy. Amen. <laughs> so if the presence of God is in a place, you will often hear about repentance. Amen. You will often hear about forgiveness. Amen. You will often hear about salvation. Amen. You will often hear messages like forgiveness made easy. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. You will hear about heaven and hell. You hear talking about heaven and hell. That heaven is real and hell is real. You will hear messages like that. If there's a presence of God, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We need something from the presence, from God's presence. That is what we need. Amen. Amen. Now the third point, I believe. Um, okay, the third point: those who praise God and worship Him have the presence of God. Keep wow. It. wow. Those who praise God and worship Him have the presence of God. I want you to repeat. What is the third point? Those who praise God and worship Him they have the presence of God. Those who praise God and worship Him. Psalm 100 verse 4. Psalm 100 and verse 4. 
He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Amen. So starting a service with praise and worship is a well-known key to entering into an atmosphere of the presence of God. It is a well-known key that when we are starting the service with praise and worship, we are entering into the courts of the Lord. It is a key. And Psalm 100 is the one that elaborates on that. That we enter into his gates with praise. We sing unto the Lord. We come with worship. Now, unfortunately, many Christians, such as yourself, enter into the gates with listening to the preaching. Mercy. Many of you enter into the gate with listening to the preaching. Beauty. But the scripture is saying, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You are teaching us. Do you see? So those of you who think that the preaching is not, an, I mean, the, 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 the worship, that the praise is not an important part. The Bible is teaching you that coming into the presence of God, you need to come with praise. And that is why we sing praises. We are preaching. Some of you enter, but you are not praising. You are not actively praising. You are not singing. You are not worshiping. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so you're missing out on that. Preach. Many Christians have not participated in a praise and worship for a long time. Oh, true. You have not entered into the gates with praise for a long time. I mean, you think back. How often have you been there when we are having praise and worship? Not when we were meeting in person and neither when we are having video meetings. You still cannot wake up to join the praise and worship and then you time yourself. Oh, by now they have, he has not started preaching yet. Well, you know, by now this, by now that. And then you, you time yourself and you are still sleeping. You have signed on the Zoom and your video is turned off, but we know what you are doing. I already know things. Hey, we know what you are doing. I already know And every now and then you increase your volume to hear if I've started preaching. <laughs> and then when it's, uh, the preaching is going on, then you, 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 you turn on, the, you, then you wake up. But until then, let me catch some half an hour more sleep. Mm. You know. But the Bible says, enter into the gate. Enter into the gate with praise. Hallelujah. And with one. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, we are enjoying it, Rev. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Hallelujah. So repent from now on. From now on, decide that you will enter into this gate with praise and with thanksgiving and with worship. Amen. Amen. Number four, those who have a thankful spirit have the presence of God. Say that. Those who have a thankful spirit have the presence of God. The same scripture, Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says, Enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. It says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Amen. Be to him and bless his name. The Bible entreats us to be thankful unto God and bless his name. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians 5 verse 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine, Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 
giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Giving thanks unto him always. Now, you cannot make songs in your heart, you know, and become a person who is thankful to the Lord always, except that in all things, you are prepared to give thanks. Amen. You can never make songs in your heart. Mm. You know, there are so many things that you can think of that does not bring a song into your heart. Very true. But if you are a person who understands that in all things you are going to thank God because you know that all things work together for your good, that is when you can make songs in your heart. Mm. Mm. That is when, even when the unpleasant situation happens, you can make songs in your heart. Otherwise, you will come to church and you will not find a reason even to sing unto the Lord. Keep preaching. Wow. You will not find a reason to be thankful to the Lord. True. In this pandemic, if you are alive today, you must be thankful to the Lord. Amen. That's you have true. a lot of reasons to be thankful to God. Amen. Because I can tell you that many people like you and I, just like you and I, have lost their lives. Many people who did not have any comorbidity. Many people who were affected, many people who were sick. You know, I can tell you, you know, if a lot of you will go and test for the antibodies, you may be positive. I'm telling you, yes. a lot of you, but God saw you through this pandemic. Amen. you through this pandemic. Amen. Many of you may have been exposed. You were in the, you were in the city. It was the epic of the pandemic. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You were in elevators with people who had the virus. You were in the laundromat with people who had the virus. You were on the train with people who had the virus. You were at work with people who had the virus. But God has preserved you, and you should put thanksgiving in your mouth. I'm telling you, a lot of you, a lot of you, if you were to test today, you will realize that you really had a virus, and God delivered you. You know, a brother was sharing with me and he says, Reverend, I think I had a virus. Mm. I was having fever. It was as if it's going and it's not going. It will come and I feel this sickness. He was telling me all the symptoms. And I said, brother, you had a virus. Oh. God delivered you. Amen. God Mercy. delivered you. God kept you. Be thankful. Be thankful. Amen. God saved you. God protected you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have a lot of reasons to be thankful to the a Lord. Lot, a lot. Today we are hearing six-year-olds dying, nine-year-olds dying, 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 22-year-olds. I witnessed a 22-year-old that died. Came in with the virus, very sick. His hands all blue, dark, falling off. His feet, toes falling off. 22-year-olds died. And by the grace of God, God has preserved us. Amen. Has kept us. We ought to be thankful to the Lord. Except that we are conscious of this. We cannot form a song in our heart. That is why when praise and worship is going on, if some people are dancing because they know what the Lord has yeah, done for them. Does. They know what the Lord has done for them. Amen. And some people have no reason to sing. Oh. And such a person, when you are praising the Lord, when you are praising the Lord, it's a sign that the presence of God is with you. Let me tell you, you can never praise the Lord. It makes no sense unless the Spirit of God is in you. Amen. I'm telling you. I believe it too. When, when you are someone who is fond of praising God, it's a sign that the Spirit of God is in you. You are teaching. And when you cannot do that, that is why some people in church, you can, they can never move. They can never move. They, they stand. They sing. They can't sing. And their pocket, they put their hand in a pocket and they're looking at people around and asking, what are these mature grown people? What are they doing? Yes. Let's, let's get to the service and let's close. Let's get to the service. That means yes. let's start the preaching. Mercy. Somebody understanding the word of God. Yes, right. 
So those who are thankful. You are teaching. Those who are thankful. Mm. So one of the fastest ways to lose the presence of God is to criticize and to complain. Mercy. You know, God Mercy. doesn't like that. God does not like people who criticize and complain. And if you are someone who is like that, you move further away from God. See, the opposite of praise is criticism. So if you don't praise, you are criticizing. It means you are not grateful. Mm. You are not happy about what is happening to you. But I'm telling you, and I, I believe majority of you who are listening to me are in the U.S. and you are in New York, and I'm telling you that God has preserved your life. Amen. I know, I know with all certainty that God has preserved my life. Yes. I'm telling you, I know with all certainty that God has preserved my life. Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. I mean, look, the virus, how much can you protect yourself? Uh, you think about it. You cannot see it. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Let me tell you some simple way the virus can enter into you. You know, you say you have a mask on. You have a mask on. I mean, tell me, if the mask is on, it means that when the virus is coming, it will fall on the mask and it will not enter into your nose. That's right. So, does the mask have the virus? No. The mask is containing the virus. It has the virus, yes. And then you take this mask with your hand, okay? And then you put it in your bag. And Mercy. you put it in your pocket. Mercy. And then you put your hand in your pocket. And afterwards, when your nose is itchy, then you go and rub your nose. Mercy. So be thankful to the Lord. Be thankful to the Lord. When I see people, they are wearing their mask, and then they, their eyes are itching, or their mouth, their nose is itching. They remove the mask, and then they, they rub their nose or their eyes and all kinds of things. And... It's a God, God is just keeping us. <laughs> I tell you, God is just keeping us. Mercy. We put the mask on our chin. Stop criticizing. Stop criticizing. Wow. I'm not saying don't wear the mask. Wear the mask. <laughs> wear the mask. Cover your nose. Cover your mouth. Okay? Cover your mouth and your nose and protect yourself. But be conscious of God's presence in your life. And you'll be thankful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You can lose the presence of God by being critical, murmuring, and speaking evil. On the other hand, a grateful spirit and a thankful heart is a key to experiencing the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a key to experiencing the presence of God. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Wonderful. Now, the, let me give you a final point because we don't have time to finish everything. Those who are prayerful have the presence of God. Amen. Those who are prayerful have the presence of God. I receive it. He says, Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. He says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God with boldness. They speak the word of God with boldness. When they have assembled, when they had assembled together, you see, so assembling together has a way of drawing the presence of God. He yeah. says, and when they were assembled together, they prayed in a place where they were, the place was shaking where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, I could have preached and I said, everyone listen to the message at home. Isn't that so? Yes. But we have chosen to assemble ourselves together in a special way. That when I put up the screen, I can see all, I can see all of you. The ones who like to see me and I like to see you. Amen. The ones who are obedient. Some people are just disobedient. You know, you can't change them. And that's their spirit. So I've left them alone. Okay. So those who pray bring about a feeling of the spirit in the most powerful way. Many ministers are not prayerful. But the absence of the presence of God cannot be hid. You cannot hide the presence of God. 
when it is present or not, you can't hide it. You can't cover it and make it look like the presence of God is there. You cannot. The disciples experienced the manifest presence of God when they prayed. Prayer made the presence of God fill the room. You know, this afternoon as we are worshiping, I felt the presence of God. I felt the presence of God. I felt that the presence of God was with us. You know, and you can't hide it. You cannot hide it. And you can't fake it. You cannot make it up. You cannot force God's presence. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's right. Prayer made the presence of God fill the room. The whole house where they were was shaking. And they could feel the presence of God. Acts chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, now... When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. Everyone was being baptized. They will come in, John will baptize them, and you'll go. They will come in, John will baptize them. But Jesus, the Bible says, he was not only baptized, but when he was being baptized, he was praying. And the Bible says, then the heaven was open, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So it came to pass about, this is another scripture from Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Luke chapter 9 and verse 28. So here you see that Jesus, when he prayed, the heavens opened. And we heard the voice of the Holy Spirit come upon him. And he says, this is my beloved son. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 28. Luke 9 verse 28 says, And it came to pass about an eight days after this saying, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. And his remnant was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his disease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Once again, we see that praying, a moment of praying, brings down the presence of God. Amen. That is why the flow prayer meeting is something that you have to join. Mm. Just join it. The presence of God will be with you wherever you are, whether you are at work, in your bedroom, in your living room, in the kitchen, wherever you are. The presence of God will come upon you because the saints have gathered to pray. And there is something about the gathering of the saints to pray. I mean, in this scripture, Jesus could have gone alone to pray, but he chose a couple of the disciples to go with him to pray. And there was a great manifestation of the presence of God. So Jesus walked in the presence of God. Jesus experienced several manifestations of God's presence. And most of them had to do with his times of prayer. He experienced the manifest presence of God in the river Jordan and actually heard the voice of God. He could hear it clearly. He experiences this very presence when he prayed. And whilst praying, he also experienced glory and presence when he went up to the mountain to pray. So praying brings the presence of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer is talking to God. Are you understanding Amen. what I'm sharing with you? Yes, when you are praying, you are talking to God. And if you are someone who is always praying, don't you think that God will be interested to hear what you are saying? Yes. Believe it. If God, if prayer is talking to God, then God will draw near to hear what you are saying. Even if it is just whispering from your mouth, he will draw near. That is why prayer brings the presence of God, because it is talking to God. If someone is talking to you, you will go nearer to hear the person. If someone is talking to you, you want to be in the person's presence to hear. If someone calls you, you will pick up the phone to hear. If you dial God's number, believe me, if you are calling, he will pick up your phone and he will hear you. That is why prayer draws God closer to you. Hallelujah. He's interested to hear what you have to say to him. Because prayer is not talking to your wife or talking to your husband. 
prayer is not talking to your friend. You are talking to God. And if you are talking to God, then he will be interested to hear you. And if he's interested to hear you, then he will come closer to you so he can hear you. Amen. Become a prayerful person and you will experience the presence of God in a very powerful way. Hallelujah. My beloved, this is all time will allow us to. There are some few other points, about two more points, and I will encourage you to just read, complete the reading, and you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening, and I believe that you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, let us bow our heads for prayer. You know, why don't you all stand as we pray? Stand as we pray. Okay. Let us stand onto our feet as we pray. Don't worry. Just stand wherever you are. Just stand as we pray. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for your word this afternoon. We thank you, Father, for giving us all the means that we can draw your presence into our lives. We pray, oh God that you will make us into thankful believers, Christians who are thankful to you. Father, that we will thank you in all things. Make people whose hearts are filled with praise and with worship. In the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that we will hang in your courts to enter into your gates with thanksgiving, with praise and with worship in the name of Jesus. Make us Christians who love the fellowship, to fellowship with the brethren, to dwell in your presence. Father, that we can wait long on you in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that you cause us to love the sharing of your word, to love the sharing of salvation, that we will have a hunger, a desire, a test to share Christ with someone, to mention Jesus to someone. For this draws your presence. You promise us, Lord, that if we will go and teach people the same things that you have taught us, you promise that your presence will be with us always. Lord, let your presence be upon the saints. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, every standing, every standing, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, if you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Christ, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, I want to give you that opportunity right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. I want you to, wherever you are, just lift up your hand. You want to receive Christ as your Savior. You know in your heart that if you were to die today, heaven is not your place. You have not made that decision. You have not made that choice. And if you were to die today, you are not sure even where you will go. Beloved, I want to give you this opportunity right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Perhaps you may not hear this offer again. Perhaps this chance may not come again. But today, if you are hearing, harden not your heart. Give your life to Jesus. Receive Christ as your Savior. I want to pray with you. Lift up your hand and say this with me if you want to receive Christ. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I acknowledge. I acknowledge. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. That you rose again on the third day. That you rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. Please wash me with your blood. This afternoon. This afternoon. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at Kodesh Family Church, located at 1734 Williams Bridge Road, Bronx, New York, at 12 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you. I see.